With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome, lovely listeners, to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 244 and I'm Trev Downey, reluctantly returned from the gorgeous landscapes and even more beautiful food of Lake Garda and Verona. I'm podcasting to you from beautiful rural Ireland, only a few fields away from the seat of Ireland's ancient high kings, in fact. And I'm joined as ever by Carl, dating app, Kapak, Cam... I'll explain that later. That sounds really bad. That you. Supposed to be you fuckers. Uh, <laughs> and we've been so nice to you at the beginning of all this as well. Cam Heartbreaker Branch. Hey, hey, uh, hey. I didn't get a good story there. And I use the word her loosely. The good story there. And producing with silent but deadly aplomb in the backwards is Guy Ferguson Mask Drinkle. And again, there's a story there. As Friday turned into Saturday, folks, I was aware of a few dissenting voices, folk who were not fully pleased with the Reds 4-1 win. Maybe it was the injury to Allison, more of which later. Maybe it was the concession of a goal at home, or maybe I was just unlucky that I encountered a lot of moany sorts. However, that evening, after City had scored one more and conceded one less, on their way to an equally facile win, the real whining began. And this was where the lack of transfers had gotten us, you see. Uh, we were already behind the eight ball, you understand? Now, as a man who's well capable of a good old complaint, I tried not to rush to judgment, but for the love of your chosen deity, who hurt you people? This inability to be happy about good things is a terrible affliction. You know, uh, Do you not have any residual pride at winning the best cup in the world? No pleasure to be taken in the ruthless destruction of the first foe of the season? No excitement? about the chance to win another cup on Wednesday night. Just, what have you done for me lately, Jürgen? Type of attitude floating about. These people are basically Reg from the PFJ, incapable of doing what the Romans have brought to the table. Listen, you'll recognise them. And of course, we point out that they bear full responsibility when we chop her up and that we shall not submit to blackmail. No, no blackmail! blackmail! They let us wipe. Sanitation, the aqueduct, and the road. Irrigation. Mention. 
Education. Yeah, yeah, all right, fair enough. And the wine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's something we'd really mistake if the Romans left. Public baths. And it's safe to walk in the streets at night now, Reg. Yeah, they certainly like to keep order. Let's face it, the only ones who could in a place like this. <laughs> all right, but apart from the sanitation, the medicine, education, wine, public order, irrigation, roads, a fresh water system and public health, what have the Romans ever done for us? Peace. Oh, peace. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, you get where I'm going with that, lads. And hopefully you don't think I'm being too much of a, uh, you know, a moaner in my own way there. But it's just like, honestly, apart from the European Cup, the, the re-emergence as title challengers, the incredible beautiful mentality that surrounds the club, the the new status, newfound status in the game, the world game. What has Jurgen Klopp ever done for us? I mean, it's just, it's it stuck in my craw a lot, Carl. Um, I, I'm going to come to you first for your opening thoughts, but just before you do, do you get where I'm going with that or were you one of the ones who was sort of um, uh, less gruntled? On there, there, there's a lad on Twitter who said, uh, it's one of those things I didn't see it, but my mate replied to it. Um, who said the club have not uh, provided any updates on Allison's injury, and we need to know um, before these rumours start growing any further. And my mate just replied, "Why? <laughs> Such a fantastic <laughs> answer. Why? Why? Why do you need to know anything? Yeah. Strictly speaking, what the fuck has it got to do with you? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I need to know about this, and the club's been disrespectful by not telling me. Yeah. Well, no, it doesn't. To be honest, it doesn't work like that, mate." Yeah, uh, they're, 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 it's it, that's exactly it. And the word that comes from the PFJ lads there, the, from Reg specifically, it's entitlement. And it, it's a really, really ugly trait. And we saw it full frontal nudity version of it when the Manx had a win on Sunday and uh Juan Basaka he pisses all over Trent and 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 Harry Maguire especially lauded by our buddy Cara is now the greatest thing ever and Virgil van Dijk better watch out this is what entitlement looks like and some of our lot are very 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 close if not well past the danger zone of jumping into it I mean I'm not saying be lax I'm not saying everything's great be one of those happy clappy types but Christ alive we blew the opposition away in one half of football and could afford to sit back. We lost our goalkeeper and recovered in terms of still dominating the game pretty much. You know, maybe have a little smirk. Well, my, my favourite thing, because um, we talked about this on the podcast, but and I'll mention it just because you've mentioned him. Um, I, I did a lot of driving yesterday. I've been in the northwest for a few days and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm slightly obsessed by the Jim White talk show, talk, talk shite spoke. Um, show he's got on with Bob Mills um, the man who fat sounds drunk all the time um, and he just does these little sort of links into things and he said uh, he said how great is it for England at, uh, at right back so you know Trent Alexander-Arnold who could be the best passer the best cross of the ball in the game at the moment um, and, and what about you know Kyle Walker what a Saturday he had you know at the City of London Stadium and, and then also there's, uh, there's Wan-Bissaka who did nothing wrong whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> he, he stopped he, he paused because he had no breath left then he, he absolutely panicked because he thought my god I just criticised the United player yeah and you can't have that I mean um, like 
it was it was it was just beautiful to watch this narrative emerge uh, across the various media, uh, led cheer led, of course, by 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 Mister um, Tyler and 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 his pals and Sky. But I mean, it's just I'm I'm all for. It. I said to Jan on, on the show yesterday. I, I I'm I'm excited by this because to me, it's just building themselves up for a little bit of a fall. I don't think it'll be quite as hard of a fall as a lot of people are expecting. I think they'll be okay, but I do think. They've already shot their load in terms of like getting excited about what they're going to achieve because I don't see a huge amount on the horizon for them. But anyway, Kyle Kopak, what are your opening thoughts for the week? Well, if you remember last week, I found the script um, the, for the opening episode of CSI <laughs> Downside. Yes, yes. You have, you been, have you been delving further into the archives, my friend? I have, mate, yeah. And uh, I found um, a scrap of paper <clears throat> which reads thus. Scene. Interior. Chief of Police Charles Huxtable's office. Huxtable is a grey-haired, heavy-set Afro-Caribbean man in his late 50s. He, he, sta- he stands behind his desk, angry. You see the unmistakable view of San Francisco through the window behind him. Mm. He's addressing a man who sat in silhouette. We recognise him by that silhouette. Huxtable. I mean, what the hell is going on here, Downeyside? You've got any idea what this department is up against this year? I've got 15 unclear homicides in the Bay Area alone, two armed robberies in North Beach in the past six months, and an escape killer from Downstate. Downeyside, you don't have to tell me, Chief. Huxtable. <laughs> oh, don't I, you wise-ass son of a bitch? Don't I now? <laughs> you know who's on my balls about this? Climbing and his cronies up on the eighth floor, and they're talking crackdowns. Downeyside, sighing. I'm on it, Chief. you just got to give me more time, man. Huxtable. <laughs> I heard that shit already, Downeyside. Take it, to a pr- Take it to a priest. I went down to records earlier to look at your case files. I expected to see something on that multiple homicide on Bluebush and Fennec. Maybe a breakdown of interviews into the Ruby scan. You know what I found? We finally see Downeyside. He's rolled his eyes in expectation. I'll tell you what I goddamn found. Here. He opens a file. The theft of a gallon drum of Magimic plant fertilizer from the Freaky Friday Community Farming Group. <laughs> Downeyside, those plants have a right to eat too, Chief. Huxtable, <laughs> I've got the DA on my balls from dawn to dusk, and you're looking at a suspect called, wait, wait a second, Heavy Hemp Harry. From a rival community. <laughs> Down, downy side. I'm not surprised, Chief. Huxtable, why not? Close up. Because there's a chance that the DA may be mixed up in all this. Caption, <laughs> CSI Downy side. Credits. <laughs> there's a lot of downs in there. Oh, Christ alive. Oh. I love the way it finishes on a Horatio from CSI style fucking finish at the end. Oh, uh, you, oh you have yeah. to look for, across the, across your shoulder as well. Yeah, oh, just over the, over the top of the shades as well. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. There's, there's uh, a line I really like. There's a Simpsons parody of a show like that, and the famous is when and he says something like, um, he says, "Well, it looks like you've got a pretty good view of it from behind your desk." What the hell does that mean? And then Homer stands up and shouts, it means he gets results, you stupid chief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Lisa, Lisa says, Dad, sit down. 
<laughs> oh, it's amazing how many of those lines seep into your brain. And um, I, I think I think you may well be more of even more of a Simpsons obsessive than I am. This is a topic for another day. We should re- introduce the other member of the uh, of the talking posse for this evening. Obviously, guys, always there in the background. But Cambridge, how are you this week? I believe you've got a bit of a non sequitur. You just want to quote something and then a little bit of tumbleweed, and we move on. Is that correct? Very much so. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, I'm, I'm glad you're back from your little travels and hopefully things went well out there for you, brother. Yeah, not bad, brother. Not bad, not bad. Good, good. Okay, here we go. Anachronism. Now, a thing belonging or appropriate to a period other than that in which it exists, especially a thing that is conspicuously old-fashioned. Hmm. <laughs> He's having to go at us there, Trev. I think that might be you, Carl. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or at the very, very, very least, it's your new guitar amp. But I think it might be you. <laughs> I, I, I actually, am, I am, I'm a retro man. Everyone knows this. I know, I know I'm not, we're not supposed to talk about Cam, and you don't have to comment one way or the other. But the first thing that came into my head there was Jose Mourinho because uh, obviously he's getting a lot of praise now for his incredible commentary. And I do think he's a lad who might not be able to step back into the top level anymore because winner and all as he was, I think I think his day might be done. He might be quite the anachronistic thing. But anyway, we have a lot to talk about, lads. There's a lot of football to get through. And for those of you who have drifted away from us while we uh, indulge ourselves in non-football chat, you can be rest assured that most of the conversation today will be fully related. In fact, how could it not be? We've got a win under our belts, the one that I said not many people seem to be enjoying on my timeline, at least. Um, The um, anxiety levels have raised and raised again in the interim with um, the whole anxiety around uh, Alison's injury and the extent of it. Um, the whole, you know, uh, some people qualified to, to make assessments and a lot of people not qualified to make assessments, guessing as to the extent of it. And then even the quotes not being accepted for what they were, the vagueness, we're not happy with that. And then we have just in the immediate um, moments before this, uh, show went uh, live. We had the news about Nabi Keita um, limping out of training. Um, in this is, this is Tuesday night as we record ahead of Wednesday night's um, Europe European Super Cup final against Chelsea. So there's a lot of uh, unhappiness floating around. But yet, Karl Kapak, we won four one, and it was very comprehensive. And I took an immense amount of pleasure from it. Granted, I saw it in patches, which is very unusual for me because um, I'm normally analysing second by second and taking notes. But I had a crap sort of a, a streamy thing where I was in in Italy, and I could only see bits. But I enjoyed the hell out of what I did see. We seemed to be massively dominant. Yes, we coughed up some opportunities to them. We did concede a goal. But overall, surely that was very, very dominant from the Reds. Well, we we were all over them. Yeah, I, I was. Um, I'm in the cop this year, and uh, I'm right at the back, and everything happens at the Annie Road end. Uh, they did have a few chances, you know. They they ballooned a few over the bar, but um, they, they literally just kicked on from last year. And there was talk about you know from the charity shield about it's um, 
Uh, you know, we didn't play well in the first half of that, where we, where we were going to be a bit ring rusty, but we absolutely just tore into them. Um, and yeah, 4-0 at half-time. The way it goes, though, when you get a big first-half lead, it either goes 8-0 or it goes 4-0. And there's very little in between. And, and the people are saying, oh, yeah, Norwich. But Chris Sutton made this point yesterday. He, he never wants to see a side say, yeah, but we won the second half because it means absolutely nothing. And Liverpool lost the second half. But to be honest, it's the first game of the season. The game was won. And it's, it's a ridiculous position we're in at the moment where at 4-0, I'm thinking about goal difference and the season is literally 45 minutes old. You see, that, thinking, that, 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 that way madness lies, Carl. Yeah, and I, I said to my brother-in-law, that I, I said, whatever we do today, City will get one more. Because they can. Because they're that good. City are an incredibly good football team. And and they did. And um, so I'm, I'm not sort of, I'm not on board at all with the, you know, oh my God, we, we should have won 95-0 and, and what have you. We won 4-1, we got three points and that game's done and we've got 37 to go. Get on with them. Yeah, I mean, you say, I mean, there's a case to be made for that absurd sort of observation about we lost the second half. Do you mean um, what I think you mean? Do you mean basically that um, if you look at the stats overall, I I think it it worked out like we had 15 attempts to their 12 um, and we had... um, sort of um, close enough in terms of the amount of shots on target and all that type of thing. I think they had five to our seven. We didn't exactly dominate possession in the way that we can do. I think we had 58% of the ball. Is that what you mean? Was it in the second half where those things started to turn around and they had a little bit more of the ball? And can we put it in context? And Cam, I'm going to come to you on this as well, uh, Africa, Carl's take. Can we put it in context that, you know, the job was done. Um, Mr. Malby early on, uh, earlier on yesterday even said it's like he, he compared it to a cricket um, uh, scenario where when you rack up a certain lead, you kind of declare. And there's there was an element of that, surely. I know we yeah, went on, but there has to be an element because we have, what is, you know, how often does a European Super Cup final come along? Don't tell me those lads don't want to win that. They do. It's not a friendly. It's not a charity freaking shield. It's a cup, and we'll want to win it. And Jordan Henderson will want to lift it over his head. So that's got to be in their heads, right? Yeah, I think so. I, mean, I think that the reason for the second half is it's the one thing no one's ever mentioned is Norwich played better. They just did. They defended really well. They were given, not given the, the gaps around the Rigi in particular. It was it was quite damaging, uh, and they got away with a few things when Sadio came on and. They got what I thought, it looked for me from the other end of the ground like a very, very good goal. I've only seen it once since. But that looked like, it was one of those when you think, yeah, that's a goal, nothing you can do. Great goal. Um, when, we, when we knocked off a bit. Yeah. Um, and it's, we, we've always got to be unhappy about something. And and, and I'm, I'm the worst person for that because I, I will moan about absolutely anything I possibly can. But, we won four but not, not, not after the first, yeah, not after yeah. the first game. And, it's it's oh, game one, maximum points. See, and, and Cam, this is it. There's a context, and I, I, again, this is this came up in the previous podcast as well. There's a context here that you have to take into consideration, and the context is that on, as I said, on Friday evening, there were a certain amount of people having a bit of a moan. Oh God, Alison, oh we're fucked. Blah blah blah. We should have probably not conceded. Blah blah blah. Uh, Joe Gomez was a bit shaky, wasn't he? Blah blah blah. 
But that got ramped up to ridiculous levels when City did what they did. And even more people got upset when United won. And I actually heard one person, sorry, not heard, I read one person who, you know, he's a nice fella saying in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an argument, I mean, we're third in the league. This is my point, Cam. You know, a little bit of, uh, what is it the kids say? Some people have no chill and people need to have a bit more chill because this will be yet another long, drawn-out thing where, yep. yeah, City are going to do what they do because, Christ alive, look at their squad. I mean, we we have to put things in perspective. I thought, Cam, our match day squad for that game on Friday was the strongest I've seen in recent years. I was so happy when I saw it. When I saw that bench, it made me feel fantastic. Exactly that. We have options off the bench. I mean, there's so much to address here. Firstly, I don't think we played that well. I thought Norwich came at us. They, they played the football they'd been playing all of last season in the Championship. And uh, it was a breath of fresh air to see a team actually take on one of the big boys. And, you know, you've got to give kudos to Norwich there. And a bit of a... Uh, it helped us ultimately because it, they were open. But I thought they played quite well. I thought we were a little bit disjointed at times. Uh, there wasn't the fluency there within our game. Um, we were we, we were taken apart a little bit at the back on a few occasions. Um, really? Is that? I mean, I I didn't I didn't get to see that. Did you? Yeah, I, I felt we were a couple of times. I was getting quite easily in between Trent and Joe. I want, that's what I wanted to say to you. The, yeah. the, the, the grumbling I've heard uh, centred around that side of the fence um, about Trent being perhaps out of position, which, you know, again, I think some people maybe need to take a step back and say, why I, is I, that? I, I sort of agree with that, though. Well, again, I mean, obviously... Well, I, he's an attacking fullback. Attacking fullbacks yeah. tend to spend a lot more of the time attacking than they do defending. That's we're playing, full, but we're but he's playing, a fullback first. Yes, he is a fullback first, but our, the way Jurgen Klopp plays, we know this. He plays attacking. Our creativity is our fullbacks. It's they had 25, it, 25 assists last season from fullbacks. It, it's actually it's actually Trent first. I've, I've, you know, of, of all the creative outlets on the team, it is Trent first. He is he is actually vital. He, yeah, yeah. he is, and and if you think about it, he, he it was Norwich. No disrespect to Norwich, but it was Norwich. He wasn't doing that against Man City. He wasn't doing it against Arsenal. He wasn't doing it against Tottenham. He was doing it against Norwich. There, there and was if you one can't moment. attack Norwich, then oh, there's something no, I agree with you completely. I'm saying there was there's one moment in the City game where De Bruyne played the ball um, to whoever's playing left midfield at that point because he was quite central. It might have been Silva, uh, Bernardo Silva. And he was... Um, he played this ball over Trent's head and I think it, it was just perfect because Trent did everything he could. And it was just one of those situations where you could basically just think, him, think if I'd gone back five yards, I would have got that. And this player knows that. And it was it was just a magnificent pass. And I think that's going to happen with Trent from time to time. But the uh, thing uh, is, you've said it there, it was a magnificent pass. Yeah, it was vision it was. from De Bruyne. And no disrespect, Norwich ain't going to do that. No, of course not, no. No, I mean, and then and then going back to the goal difference thing, we won by three goals. 
if we continue that for the rest of the season, we get we we finish with a our goal difference of 114. We've scored 152 <laughs> goals. You know, if we carry on winning four one, we'll have conceded 38. Is yeah. that is that what we're we're saying now? And we're winning every single game. But again, context. Again, context. Because no, 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 the, no. The, this is no. A, we have to do this now every game. Otherwise, yeah, but, that's it. It's yeah, exactly. Work. But but my point is the context here. Another part of the context is that West Ham have this absolutely wretched record against City, where I think there's some absurd percentage of the goals scored against West Ham have been by Manchester City, something like thirty or forty percent or something daft like that. They have coughed up four goals every time they've played them. Um, so again, you have to get that thing into your head that I, again, this is something I'll start with you, Cam, and I'll go across to Carl on this one. It's a really interesting point to me. I, I raised it with, 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 the, with, uh, with, uh, Jan earlier on yesterday, and I want to bounce it off the two of you boys, the mentality thing in terms of the opposition's mentality, clearly West Ham yesterday when the first goal went in the second goal was absolutely confirmed and you had all the var nonsense that was it they're done they're beaten maybe they were beaten from the off but i was thinking maybe this year and i've said it and i said it to you boys in advance of the champions league final that if we can win that trophy maybe we have that about us when we come to face opposition and I think there's a very real case to be made that we stomped all over that lot in the first half because they were beaten before they even arrived. And therefore, I have no fear if we have that about us, about City having that over other people as well, because that means it's a level playing field now. That means that other teams are coming to us and going, oh, shit, not this lot. Well, look, we've got, you know, Burnley next week. We've got a chance there. Does that make sense to you, Cam? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the lesser clubs are going to come at, come to Anfield. I mean, we're unbeaten there for what two years now, something like that. Forty odd games. Yeah. Second second highest uh, ever behind Mourinho's eighty odd when he when he first came to Chelsea, uh, which I don't think anybody's ever going to beat. Um, I'd be surprised if we did, um, but I'd like to see us give it a go. But teams are already in that state of mind. They're not going to get anything at Anfield. The most they can hope for is a draw. Then they I don't, you know. The, I don't want to say it, but it's very difficult to beat Liverpool at Anfield. Very, very difficult. You've got to be a, a really good team to beat Liverpool at Anfield. So I think we've already got that to a certain extent. And then they, they think, well, if we can pinch a draw, you know, our, our priority is to beat those teams around us. Well, like look, look, look at Everton last year. They let off a flare at nil-nil in injury time. <laughs> <laughs> Worked out well. Yeah, and that there still had smoke in it when the goal went in, which yeah. made me laugh even more. But oh, that's that made it so much better, and that is the very embodiment, physical embodiment of what I'm talking about. And I think, Carl, I think that us having that big eared trophy will help in terms of that as the season goes on, especially if we can start the season on a run of wins, and then people will start to think. Oh, those these two right were were half done, and all I want is us to be on a level playing field with City when it comes to that. And then, you know, as Cam says, if we can do the business in the in the teams a little bit closer to us in that little mini league, then you, you, there's an opportunity to win something. Well, that that that's was the the most talented thing I thought. The, the crowd was very funny on Friday night. It was a really nice atmosphere. And it was all very funny. Um, obviously, we go a goal up in what. 
was it seven minutes? I don't know what it was, but um, and, and wasting in Liverpool, Liverpool top of the league. You know, it's like seven minutes into the season. But the, the most dominant song in the first half, it wasn't You'll Never Walk Alone. It wasn't the Salah song. It wasn't the Van Dyke song. It was We Are the Champions, the Champions of Europe. Yes. And that's just going to be reminded to every single club who comes to Anfield and everybody who faces us on their own Unbear- pitch. Unbearable Reds. That's what Unbearable Reds, be. yeah, absolutely. We need to be we that are. all season. We need to ram it down every opposition fan's throat. Um, we, had good, we, we had a good go on Friday. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really hope that continues. I think that's absolutely vital. It's just absolutely vital because it's 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 taking advantage of an advantage. It's um, it's it's those um, fine margins that you know serial winners talk about, and you know, uh, yeah, we have to absolutely ram that home because the three of us. And guys, us in the background, the four of us know what happened the last time. Um, we didn't take advantage of that. We didn't. We, we we enjoyed that song for a couple of weeks, and then yeah, it's just it didn't quite happen the way we hoped it would happen. I mean, it wasn't a bad season. Don't get me wrong, the one that followed, but didn't quite happen in the way that we we hoped it would. Um, there, there there are some connected issues to this that I want to chat about as well. I want to talk about Div because. We saw, um, obviously, Sadio Mane had about three hours off this summer. And so Divock Origi was, was starting anyway. And, and I was delighted to see him do that. And from what I saw, I was really, really pleased with what he did from that left-sided role. Do you think he's, and there's no point in talking about transfer windows anymore. Are you happy, um, Carl, that he is the man who can now maybe, let's face it, imbued with a new confidence do the job whether it's standing in for Sadio whether it's standing in for Bobby who was amazing or whether it's standing in for um, Mo because he's going to need some time out as well is Divock the man Uh, I I should explain to the listeners who will listen to this in the future that Trev doesn't know that that's the topic of my weekly column for for another website. I want to make this point about it as well. Uh, I want to ask you both this. Um, I was trying to think of a comparison of a footballer at Liverpool who was sort of the topic of fun, not in a nasty way, but not really treated like most salary and rush anywhere like that. Not that level. And then has suddenly come from nowhere and been an incredibly important a more importantly, consistent player. David Fairclough. Well, he he always sort of had it, though, didn't he? But but he, but he didn't he didn't he wasn't a regular starter after that. No, he, yeah, I suppose he, he got that super sub. It's really in. difficult. Yeah, I got Divi Fairclough as I was calling him the other day. Um, Divi Fairclough. Um, oh, I like that. I like Divi Fairclough. That's good. Although, to be fair, I I wouldn't actually. I'll be honest with you, and you know, I've 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 interviewed. Dave Furcliffe, he's a lovely fella, and he he, he he obviously had a he seems like just a genuinely nice man, and he obviously had a, a, a very interesting career and all the rest of it. But I'll tell you what, um, I think if the ball breaks correctly, um, maybe opportunity knocks for Mister Origi. I don't see him, uh, and I don't think I guarantee he doesn't think of himself as a super sub. I think he sees himself now as I've just signed a contract for the Champions of Europe. Yeah, and because, I've, I've, and I've scored in the first game. Yeah, and I've scored in the first game and I've set up, or well, I've basically 
Crazy. I thought, I thought you scored twice actually because I was so far away. I yeah, I'd just gone in. So, so in other words, when you think about the start he's had and the tail end he had to the last campaign, the fact that Jurgen Klopp said, "You're my man," uh, and in a summer where we sign nobody, you're getting a contract. How could that fella not be just brimming with confidence? And, he, and he's so relaxed and calm. And I, I've been reading um, in preparation for the article. I've been reading old interviews with him, and he said. Uh, uh, when they interviewed him, the second he came off the pitch, the first interview he said to him, "You know, you've you did it," and he said, "No, we did it." And he's that sort of lad. Class. Like it, it, it is all about the club, and like that's not. I mean, bearing in mind his head's in bits at that moment, he's just scored the, the goal that's won the European Cup for Liverpool, um, and sailed the European Cup. And, and, and last December, when he was announced to come on for Firmino and the derby. Everyone laughed. It wasn't laughing. It was sort of, oh, I suppose he's got to put someone on for doing what's wrong with Firmino. You know, it was more about him than, than Rigi. The player I, I came closest to, and it's not an ideal comparison, was Bruno Chirou, who came to Liverpool with such a massive reputation, um, was brilliant in a pre-season friendly against Lazio, and then absolutely died on his arse, apart from one month, where he was, he was the new Zidane. He scored a cracker against Chelsea. Yeah, he got two against Newcastle. He got the first goal against Wolves, and they're all in about like sixteen days apart. Do you and remember? Then, do you do you remember that for, that fortnight when he was the New Zealand was yeah, great? That, that was the closest I can get because, like you know, goals against Barcelona, the winner in the derby, and yeah. the European Cup final. That's I mean, but that's six months apart, and you know, and he's still going a Riga. That's the big thing. He hasn't stopped. Yeah, and and to be fair, he had a spell long before that, which was equally impressive. He, he th- this is a fella who has a lot about him, and it, it was interesting. It's interesting listening to you guys and Cam. You know, Carl has uh, as sort of uh, showed his hand there in terms of like, there's clearly a lot of um, affection um, for for Div from 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 young cop back there. But I mean, I'll ask you the same question as we face forward into a season. Where again, look, let's not let's not be let's not catastrophize too much. Maybe Naby Keita's little knock here is only a small thing. Maybe Alex Oxlade Chamberlain will sort of go against what I think is most of our worries and actually be great. But we do still have Jordan Shakiri. We do have you know at least that option. But we're going to be reliant on Divock because of the way things have panned out so far, at least until Christmas. With that in mind, are you content that he is the man? Ooh, content is a is a big word on that one. Um, I wouldn't say I'm content. You're not. Uh, no, um, but it is what it is. Are you ever content? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no further questions, Your Honour. Fifth <laughs> um, Amendment. <laughs> I'm sorry to put you in the spot like that. Right. You, you understand what I mean? I'm, I'm wondering, yeah. are you coming no, at I this? mean, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like every other Liverpool fan. I wanted a, a, a really good backup, you know, to um, the front three. We didn't manage that for whatever reason. It, it didn't happen. Uh, that has now been crossed and drawn and. Uh, thrown, thrown in the waste paper basket now till next till either January or next summer. So we 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 have to be content with the tools we have now. The tools are Divakarigi, Shakiri, Brewster, possibly Ox, possibly Ginny, to provide the front three with the rest 
as and when they need it. And they are going to need they are going to need that rest. And it's when we we play uh, the alternatives, uh, and it has to be in the right games where we can feel right. Okay, we can get away with giving Mar rest this game. You Norwich at home, for example. Yeah, we didn't obviously we didn't need to bring uh, uh, Sadio on. I would have actually liked to see Sadio come on a little bit earlier to get some minutes in his legs because he, he has to he, get up to. He absolutely legged fitness. it onto that pitch, though. He absolutely legged it on. Yeah, because <laughs> so, um... that poor right back was in bits. But <laughs> and and he and he looked great. He looked great when he came he on. He, you know, he, in the same way, Cam. And I'll I'll go to to this. You don't you know, don't let go of that point that you're trying to finish there. But I did want to mention. I think it was. I think it's important to mention the performance of of Bobby Firmino, who. You know, last last we saw was was swigging out of a bottle and and, and ha- hanging out of a few of his friends because he was celebrating uh, Copa America or whatever it's called. And uh, you know he's had a hell of a year that lad, but he looked bloody brilliant. I mean, talk about a fella who just looked like he had the game on strings in that first half. So again, fin- finish what you were. Yeah, well, it is, it, it, but he always has that. But fi- finish what you're saying. And also, Bobby Firmino, if he can do that, I mean, we've said it a million times in this show, he's so central. And if he can do that for like 70, 80% of the games, that type of thing where he's influencing it in that way, we're just a completely different proposition for everybody because he brings the best out of everyone around him, doesn't he? Oh, uh the the two white boys rely on him so much, and you can't. I can't think of another player in world football um, that replicates what Bobby does. Same. I honestly can't. Um, I've even actually seen some Manchester United fans now saying that they actually see what Bobby Firmino is about now. They actually realise how good he actually is. Granted, he's not a goal scorer. He, he doesn't. He's he doesn't create, but. What it is that he does is 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 phenomenal. It simply is. Um, going back to Big Div, he, he will do a job for us. There's no doubt about it. He, if he if his head's in the right place, and and it is. You know, there were times where I felt against Norwich, he got the ball quite quite a few times early on, and he's one on one, and you think, go on, just go at the guy, just have a go at him, make give him a problem. You know, make him ask a question, and he and he didn't. And it's like there's just you know, or he take a little, he'll take one or two touches too many, and it's just little things about his play that is just not, you know, up to that level that you you really want from a top class, top class player. And that's what we should be looking at Liverpool. That our players should be top class, and that even those on the bench should be top class. So for me, he's not, he's not. I don't think he's he's. He's he's an okay footballer. He's a good footballer. He's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good footballer. He's not he's, he's not world class, is he? I'm somewhere between the middle of both you on this because I, I, again I, I pointed out what's really interesting about Madrid. Everyone remembers the goal. It's going to be that goal is going to be shown for decades to come. 
He absolutely stank the ground out. <laughs> he was terrible in the European Cup final. He just was. And I thought I thought he did really well. Actually, I, I disagree with that. I thought he was really good on Friday night. No, but, no, man. I, I didn't say he, he was really bad, but I just thought... He, he's, he's good at one thing, and I'm happy with that. <laughs> he's, good at. He, he's got 100% uh, shot-to-goal ratio at the moment, hasn't he? he see, this is what I'm talking about. And and there, there are aspects sometimes that go beyond sports science that go beyond statistics and i think and this is what i was trying to hint at with carl early on cam is that this is a fella who's been told by the manager you're my man we're not getting anyone else in there may be a thing on the back burner there who knows maybe it'll come off maybe it won't but one way or the other you get a contract pal because you've earned it and you can't underestimate what jürgen klopp I'm not saying a manager. I'm not saying some lad. I'm saying Jurgen Klopp, who all of us want to be loved by, who all of us would love the respect of. When he tells you, you're my man, you are the lad for me, and here's a contract, that's got to just put your confidence through the roof. And I thought I sensed that from his performance on Friday night, and I think that's enough. That's what I'm getting at. And he's not his player. It's he's not a Jurgen Klopp signing, so that means I think it means a little bit more. It does. You're not my lad. I can correct that. Go ahead. Simon Mignolet, Dejan Lovren, Adam Lallana. What's your point there? They all got new contracts from Jurgen Klopp as well, and they weren't his signings either. Yeah, but two of them are gone. Two of them are gone, but they still sign new contracts under Jurgen Klopp. Doesn't mean a thing. Ultimately, it doesn't mean a thing because as soon as somebody better comes is available, they're, they're going to come. They're going to come in ahead of Diva, aren't they? If we'd sign Nicolas Pepe now, for argument's sake, in the summer, for argument's sake, would we be talking about Diva Carigi now, or would we be probably talking about Nicolas Pepe? Well, you, you you would be for your article, granted. But no, no, well, I was anyway because he won the European Cup for Liverpool. Yeah, same as that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, but, all right, I'm, then how often do we talk about Jimmy Traore? Even the European Cup. Nah, it's not the same, man. No, it's not the same. All right, I I get that. But what my point, um, my point is, if a better player comes in, we still want better players to come in. I, I personally, I, I I love Divock for what he's done. I absolutely love him. Don't get me wrong there. Do I rate him as a as a footballer? Not really. Yeah. So basically, what you're trying to do here is you're trying to say. That when we do get in player X in January or next July. Lewandowski. Yeah, exactly. Whoever it happens to be, you're going to go, well, yeah, it's, uh, sorry, Div, but I always said, like, if we get a better one in. But the, the reality of our next few months is. Yeah, DevOps, DevOps the man. Yeah, but he is, though, Cam, is my yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think this is what Carla said as well. There's a lot to love about this, lad, and there's a lot to. There's a lot to be excited about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a picture I saw of him, and it was just like, the, the guy's cool. The guy is really, really cool. And I I, I can get on board with that. He always and looks I, slightly stunned. He, just, he, <laughs> he, just, he doesn't understand what a goal is and how to celebrate. No, no, he hasn't got a clue. Yeah, he hasn't got a clue. He still doesn't know. Uh, oh, right. Ball's in the back of the net. Uh, Oh yeah, I'll, go back to the halfway line. Yeah. I'll, run over, I'll yeah. run over here for a bit and I'll yeah. do some weird things with my arms, but I don't know what it is. You said earlier on, you said earlier on, young branch, that you know he's not world class, is he? And yet he has been 
playing for one of the best international teams since he was a fucking child. So yes, he is world class. Sorry, but you're wrong. He is world class. There's no two ways about that. He has been playing for for a really, really good top class potential trophy winning international team since he was a child. So yes, he is world class. That's not even in question anymore. I, I'm I won't have that out of you. My point is he's world class world- for me, Trev. World class for me. Yeah, if you were to so make don't, don't give me Johnny Giles. Don't give no, me no 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 the big two world class world class for me is if you were to make a world eleven or a world twenty two, would he be in that world eleven or world twenty two? No. If you're good enough to get your your place on the the European champions at uh, first eleven on the first day of the season, if you're good enough to be, if the, Sadio was fit, would he have been in the first? If 11? you're good enough to be the striker for a an international team who could win any trophy at any given time, then you have they? class. No, they haven't, but you, he is world class. Well, maybe, That's maybe that. all right. Then maybe that international team hasn't won anything because Divox are playing. Ah, oh, dude, you just, you just, <laughs> you just, just been a fucking knobhead now. <laughs> no, I'm not being a knobhead. Move on, Trev. Move on. Let's talk about Chelsea. Anyway, let's listeners. Let's have a palate cleanser here after uh, Brangie's negativity there. Let's have a palate hey, cleanser. Hey, I love Divock. Uh, let me emphasize that. Let it go. Just let it go. Take it There's... to a priest. There's a, there's a, no, we're not getting there yet. That's, that's, that's the crack for the end. There's a, there's a trophy to be won tomorrow night. There's a trophy to be won tomorrow night, and uh, and and Carl uh, Kapak, I'm going to start with you. I'll tell you why, because I think like me, and probably like Branchy, and probably even like young whippersnapper Drinkle, you're probably thinking trophy, really, and yet at the same time, it's a lovely looking cup. And we did win it when we won a European trophy in 2001. And we did win it when we won a European trophy in 2005. And I enjoyed both of those nights immensely with Big Emil and uh, Johnny Risa scoring and Jib C. Uh, you know. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I, enjoyed some, I enjoyed some of those goals. Yeah, <laughs> so I ruined everything when I mentioned that, lad. It was, it? it was his first goal, actually. It was his first goal for Liverpool. Mickey Owen score as well, so I'll make you feel better. But, hey, lovely hey. man. <laughs> Here's the thing. For me, this is a genuine trophy, and I'm not being revisionist. Everybody who heard our show said this ch- uh, charity shield crack couldn't give a crap. It's a run out for the players. As yep. it turned out, as it turned out, we were more than a match for City on the day. I think we were actually a better team if you take it over the 90. And um, mm. it mm. <laughs> <laughs> disagree with that. Okay, they went to the lottery of penalties and they did their thing. Yeah, that's yeah. this thing tomorrow night. <laughs> I want to win it. I really, I really do. So, so, so here's a question for you: Do you go big? Yeah. You go large. Do you go yeah. first eleven? Let's do it. Is that yeah. what you do? One hundred percent. Absolutely. Of course, we do. It's a European <laughs> final. 
I'm going to say one thing to you because if we had a European qualifier to get into the Champions League on Wednesday night, right, where we had to play grasshoppers of um, of Navin, and, <laughs> and, and and it was Finn like Harps. If we don't win against Finn Harps away in Donegal, then we have fucked our Champions League into a cocked hat. We go full bore. There is no no, like shallow first team. It's let's get the lads out there. And then we've got Southampton the weekend. Yeah, so what? We've got Southampton. We've got to win the fucking champ. Now, I feel like that about this European Cup game, our European Super Cup game. Am I being a dope, Carl? No, or is no, it's it a trophy. It's a trophy here. It's that, a proper trophy. We, we, let's face it, we've done a hell of a qualifier to get there. <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> we've done, as the great Rob Gutman once said uh, in a book, what I wrote, um, amongst others, um, get in. Find someone helped you. <laughs> <laughs> Young Sasha Crani, yeah. Um, get in. Kill, oh. kill be- oh, I know you were in it as well. Don't worry. Um, get in. Kill Bin Laden. Get out. That's the Rob Gutman guide to away games. And he's absolutely right. Get yeah. in. Sort it out. Get out again. Don't think about Southampton. He's left out of vital dump him in the sea so nobody will ever know whether you did it or not. I'm not getting your conspiracy theories I'm not getting into that at this point <laughs> what Copac killed Bin Laden that's it Cam you've got it it's amazing the way you know we me me and Carl can we we get he's not denying it either no we get mired in bullshit and, and Cam you just cut through it, it was actually Carl who killed Bin Laden that's you, like, you're, you're kidding I'm actually writing a script about this for next week's show <laughs> 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 seal team Pancho in the caves. Pancho Can in the caves. I like that. Fucking seal team Kapak. <laughs> seal team Kapak is the name of this. Typing <laughs> as we speak. Seal team. This is fucking great. Brenchy, uh, <laughs> Brenchy. Yes. Uh, are you uh, in the same yes. uh, mindset as as as, as we are? Yes. Am I am I am I pushing it a bit too far to say it's like a Champions League qualifier? No. No, no. Put it this way, yeah. Um, Sir Alex Ferguson come out with a sorry, Alex Ferguson come out with a comment once. Fucking um, hell! Yeah, don't, yeah. don't. Sorry, sorry. Well, my show. bad, my bad, my bad. Jesus Christ! Bad. So Alex Ferguson came out with a the obviously the, the infamous comment about knocking us off our fucking perch. If we win this trophy, yeah, and it's a trophy, we win this trophy. That means we now have 43 major trophies to United's 42. We will then be, again, the most successful club in Europe, in uh, English football, England, Premier League, whatever you want to call it. And we will be back on top of that fucking perch. The perch masters. And also, Chelsea are really shit. Well, let's, that's really good. That's really nice that you've said that because I wanted to talk about Chelsea. And we saw Chelsea against Ferguson's old side at the weekend. I'm sure you guys watched that despite your best uh, sort of... Uh, I watched the second goal. Well, I was stopped all of it. I watched all of it, and I don't know what's wrong with me because I don't usually watch other lads' football. But because we, we haven't seen proper football for three months. I know. It's, it's probably why. It's probably why. And like, I mean, 
none of it made me upset like it normally would when you see the Mags winning because I was just like, I didn't know whether to be reveling in in Chelsea's awfulness or or or, or laughing at, at at Manchester United's hubris. Whatever it was, it was just a wonderful mixture of nonsense. I mean, can we talk a little bit about Chelsea and what we saw of them uh, against the Manx at the weekend? And can we just say, Carl, I, I, and again, you you're, you just said you saw all of it, so I can address this to you first. To me, that was a tremendously poor Premier League game. Of it was, yeah. really, really low... Um, uh, of a really low level in terms of technical ability. There was so many mistakes made. There was so many sort of um, ridiculous tactical decisions. It looked a bit messy to me. It looked like two bad teams. Shapeless. Yeah, Rafa and Martial were trying to play for the same ball. Almost. In, as, in the same position all the time. Almost as if you had someone like, I don't know, maybe like someone who used to play for United, like fucking Ali Salskiar uh, against, you know, somebody who used to play for Chelsea, Frank Lampard, just nominally put into managerial positions without necessarily being good managers. No, I think, I think the most interesting thing for me is, you know, you know, um, uh, the, the, the classical piece of music, Barber's a dad joke for strings. Oh yeah, I think I think it's, it's at the end of Platoon. It's it's it, Will, Willem Dafoe dies to it. Yeah, that's right. Um, Etc. I'd like that to be slowed down with a match reel of Ross Barkley's passing. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I have never. He was looking up at the face of Pogba and rolling it to him at one point. I mean, that was that was just awful. I mean, was, I mean, they were so naive. Kurt, Kurt Zuma for the penalty. Oh. I mean, he might as well have just go whacked him in the bollocks <laughs> for the first yeah. guys he made. Um, but can, can I do a little bit of praise for United? Oh, must you? I really like Rashford. I really do. He's, I think he's a super footballer. That's yeah. the problem. I don't, I think I think you have to have a little bit. I think earlier on in Mar- Pop was fantastic for the fourth goal. He just is. He's I amazing think, for that goal. In Martial's early career, I had a, a level of anxiety that was based mostly in envy because i thought this kid's fucking great why can't we get kids like this martial's gone on to be whatever he is he may well be brilliant still he may he may have a resurgence i don't know but i'm i I feel less envy um i look at pogba and i think the, the commentary around pogba is so political it makes me sort of deeply uneasy what I see there in him is a, a tremendously talented footballer. Um, and I'm very wary to say anything more than that because you find yourself getting uh, pulled into the vortex of the horribly, horribly motivated commentary around Pogba. About, think, about the rich black man? Exactly. And I think, yeah. uh, I, I think I think everybody knows exactly what we're talking about there. And it's a little bit distracting. Any French? I mean, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So let's leave that to one side. He is like gloriously talented. And I don't think that uh, is there a sensible football analyst who would not want to have the opportunity to avail of Pogba's talent? Is there one Liverpool fan who has a, an ounce of credibility or sensibility about the game itself who would not think, 
I'd like to see what you're going to do with that lad. He's just, he's got, he's got the lot, that fella. If, if, if he could do it eight times out of ten, he'd be a hell of a player. And he is a hell of a player already. He's a thing he does, but, does he? But, but what he does for that fourth goal is extraordinary. Yes. So, so anyway, we've gotten dreadfully close to being um, awfully, awfully fond of uh, the Manx here. And I, I'm not having that. We heard, we, I, I spoke earlier on about the, the, the established, Early, early established narrative of how they're amazing and they're going to win the league now because Juan Bissak is better than Trent and 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 Pog is back on it and um, Rashford is wonderful. Which the French policeman? What's that? Harry Maguire, the French policeman. Fucking <laughs> Harry Maguire. He looks like the copper from Allo Allo. He does. He, and he's. Uh, do you know the thing about Harry Maguire is he's all right. I think he's a very, very good footballer, Harry he's Maguire. He's a good defender. He's good. Yeah, yeah. It, it just is. And that's it. In the same, in the same way Wes Brown was. John O'Shea, that, that sort of... No, de- decent centre-backs. They're not going to let you down. And they're going to get down the other end and score. But, for God's sake, they were making out he was Beckenbauer and Fischetti rolled into one. Exactly. Like, and, and, and when he sort of nuzzles up to you and says, I was just pissing by, you, uh, you, you find yourself... You find yourself going... Steady on, pal. You yeah. can't even. You can't even do a fucking French accent like you. <laughs> it's uh, like I, I. You have to be. You'd have to in the same way as the debate about Pogba is so redundant and so political and and and, and pathetic in so many ways and uh, just observe the game, observe the player. I would say the same about Harry Maguire. Observe the game, observe the player. He's patently very good at what he does. Is he in the same class as Virgil van Dijk? No. He no. is not. That is like, that's that's just and that, silly. And that, that's not favouritism either. That's just common sense. That's just silliness. Is Aaron Wan-Bissaka on the back of what he did with his previous club on one game where he had an early tackle and I think that really stood to him, gave him a bit of confidence. Is he immediately already better than Trent Alexander-Arnold? Have I think he's. I think he's very good, but I think that's all he is. Well, have a word with yourself if you're saying he's better than Trent. I mean, that's just objectively not true yet. Maybe he will be. Maybe he'll be better than Trent, but he's not now. So can we just dispense with the Martin Tyler-led nonsense of Sky and all the rest of them? I don't know. I, I, I find myself thinking about Chelsea uh, tomorrow night and I find myself... A, a lot of people will listen to this before the final itself um, because no doubt Guy Lewis is uh, cutting together a job and getting it out early. So I, I do want to get your take on where, how you think it's going to go. We saw uh, Lampard issue the elders and go with um, the young lads. Do you think that's going to happen, Cam, tomorrow night? Because I don't. I think it's going to be Will I Am. Will I, Am. <laughs> I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be um, uh, Giroud, and I think it's going to be uh, who else came on? Who? Uh, uh, oh, Kante's, Kante's Kante. Apparently, Kante's got a bit of a knock in training. Yeah, so. yeah, I've heard that. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, it is. So, what? It's what it's how do you? To watch. How do you? Have to watch. What a shame. What a shame. What a shame. How do you reckon Frankie goes tomorrow? Um, I'll be honest, I haven't got a clue. Um, I've not actually thought about it. Um, how does Frankie go tomorrow? Um, I think he'll want to win it. I, I don't think he's just going to go there to think, yeah, we'll just 
put out the youngsters and uh, hope for the best sort of thing. Uh, I think he'll, he'll generally try and put out his strongest team, whatever he believes his strongest team is. And I don't think Chelsea right now know, know what their strongest team is. Um, because obviously they've had to deal with the transfer ban. Yes, they've had a player come in in uh, Pulisic, um, who will become a really, really good player there, um, despite not looking great on a, the five minutes I saw him on Sunday. Um, I, I, I don't know, Trev. I, I haven't got a clue. Um, I think it's about the strikers, I, I, could see, I think. I could see Zuma being dropped because he had a shocker from what I saw on Sunday. And his head was completely wrong. Being honest, being honest, I think uh, uh, Pulisic had a he. It was it was it was it wasn't easy on him um, coming on the way he came on. I think he might have expected it was started, and his first interaction was brilliant. He he had a he nicked the ball away from someone, and he put on the afterburners, and he's he went away. Past, uh, yeah, you, he left a uh, Wambasaka in his way. Yeah, way, didn't he? so he's, yeah. he's he's got something about him. He's obviously yeah. not. Look, we were linked with him, and we'd have been chuffed with ourselves if, if we if we'd have gotten him. So he's obviously got something about him. And like I said earlier on. Uh, William is uh, William is is a, is a super footballer. He's, a he's just a really talented footballer. I, I'd I'd rather never be playing against him. I know other people have lazy views about him. I don't agree with it. I think he's excellent. And when you have uh, Giroud to come in, and if Giroud is doing his thing at, at at his top level, they could be a completely different proposition. And so here's what I'm saying: Giroud's not going to score. Well, I'll say this: he's not a prolific goal scorer, is he? He hasn't been for Chelsea anyway. He doesn't have to be. All it needs to be is one nil tomorrow night, and this is what yeah, worries yeah. me: is that it's like uh, it's one or two like uh, aerial duels, and he gets ahead, and and that's that's enough. And I mean, Carl, just to to to, to finish with you on this Chelsea game before we have a look ahead to Southampton, I want to talk about Dexy Lovren. We're at an hour now, but I want to talk about those two things very briefly. But just on Chelsea, uh, Vas Cam Cam's a bit kind of. Easy Ozzy, he's not 100 percent sure. Sorry, Cam. Let me give you your give you your 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 druthers. Do you reckon we win this tomorrow night? Yeah. Love it. Comfortably. Comfortably, like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Carl, are, are you confident of, of another trophy in the in the Reds cabinet before we play Southampton? There's, there's no alternative. Yeah, that, that's the way to look at it, really. Southampton at the weekend then is at the second of our Premier League outings, and they've done a bit of transfer business. Um, they brought in a defender who didn't play at the weekend, but will probably play, I imagine, against us. Uh, he's a fellow called Kevin Danso, a centre back. They brought in, I think, Che or Chi Adams. Uh, I'll. I, Go with Che, who started the weekend. They've obviously got Danny Ings from us uh, for 20 minutes. And they've got a fellow called Ginepro as well. They've had a few kids come in and they've had a few kids go out and whatever. Uh, They got a bit of a slapping at the weekend, Carl, uh, against Burnley. You were at pains to point out that it was in a sort of a condensed period. Yeah, Uh, like goals. So you know, it's obviously going to be a different thing. They're going to be at their gaff. Uh, we're going to have to go to them. They should have a whole lot to be pissed off with us about in terms of <laughs> in terms of the Virgil deal and all the rest of it. And there's also the whole idea of them as a, a feeder club to Liverpool, which psychologically might fuck them up a little bit. 
or it might spur them on a little bit. And last year under Ralph Hasenhutl, they had a little bit of a, a renaissance uh, trailed away a bit at the end. I'm wondering, do you think that we go there? And this is the thing with the thing we spoke about earlier on. Do we go there with absolutely dominant sort of hang on? back off lads we're the king of the jungle here it's a matter of how many we score or do you have a little bit of wariness about this particular fixture no we, we've been laden it we've been laden it how's that yeah. work pal we get in smash and grab get in we do it we get, we get out win it early get in smash it grab it get out dump the body because we did I was at the last game there and we did the exact opposite and it was great because it the let off for those goals were fantastic, certainly Henderson's goal. But um, yeah, we 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 stepped up. We're the champions of Europe. Cam, Southampton and the threat they pose. Um, they've always given us a difficult game down there, and um, it will be another difficult game. Um, I don't anticipate an easy game, but again, um, I've full confidence in the team right now. Um, I. Just don't see us putting the foot wrong, really. And uh, I think we'll win it. Uh, bit tight game. Uh, it'll be a harder game than the Chelsea game, I think. But um, we'll win. I love that. And by the way, on that Chelsea game, Guy Drinkle reckons there's extra time, and that means there's going to be a trophy. So that's nice. I like that. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I want to talk to both of you about before we finish up, and we are now north of sixty, so I want to. Have and we're this. going to disagree. Yeah, I want to. Have, we are going to disagree, and that's why I wanted to have it as our wrap up. And top. you two are both wrong. Uh, apparently, the club are very close okay. to finalising an arrangement with Roma for the selling of Dejan Lovren, who is, and uh, Carl, you're not going to disagree with this, nominally, actively, really, genuinely, our fourth choice centre-back uh, behind uh, Verge, Joe Gomez, and Joel Matip. Uh, the problem, of course, is the little bit of a gap after Degsy to yeah. our two young um, however, what most people are not thinking about in this uh, thing, in this uh, equation, and Cam, I'll go to you first as a guy who I think, like me, is not too too worried about the fact that 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 uh, that Degsy is gone, and I'll give uh, Carl the chance then to have the platform for the pro Degsy stuff. And and by the way, I, I honestly believe he'll end up still here. I do. I don't think this deal is going to get done. But anyway, that's just me. Um, Cam, the, the whole idea of, of last year, and I've heard a very good point here, and this is what I want to put to you. Uh, our fourth choice centre-back was who? Taxi. No, it was Joel Mata. Um, our, no. our fourth choice... That. I've got, no, I've got, no, no, no. There's, there's no doubt about it. it that's just a fact. All right, yeah, okay. Sorry, look the way the, yes. the game's played out. Yeah. Was, I'm looking at his fixtures from last season, but yeah, you can never go by his fixtures because Degsy was never able to play more than six or seven games. No, in no, no, no. He, he, he came in in the eighth game against exactly. City at home. Exactly. So my first game last season. He was nominally, uh, uh, sorry, Joel, Joel was nominally fourth, fourth choice. Yes. Yeah. So. Joel, Joel was uh, Joel Matic was injured at the beginning of the season as well, I think. 
possibly, but yeah. not, nonetheless. Yeah. Now, I could be wrong on that. I'm, I'm, I've just made that up, by the way. Fair play. A lot of people have said, <laughs> well, well, uh, well, you know, uh, Degsy's now fourth choice. You're weakening the club if you let a guy of that experience go. Now, what I would say to that, and what I, I, I could be wrong, maybe you will, maybe you won't. What, what I would say to that is, yeah, it's very simple. I put it in, I put it in, in the condensed form of one tweet earlier on. With the likes of Miggs and Degsy, for me, there was always the possibility that they would make a mistake. Yeah. With the with the likes of Keanu Hoover, uh, Adrian, they may make a mistake. But the likelihood with the other two was that they would, because we've seen it again and again and fucking again, to the point that I am and currently and previously and everlastingly, I can't look at Dejan Lover without thinking of a Rick. I can't look at Simon Miggs without thinking of a Rick. They're nice lads. You don't conflate that with the fact that there are liabilities. And that to me is why I don't give a fuck that Lovren's gone. And if we've got to put a kid in who's a class act and he makes a Rick, he won't the next time he'll step up, he'll be better than Degs. That's my take. Cam, am I completely wrong? No, you're right. And um, how old, uh, what I'll say is this. Last season, there was a certain uh, young Dutch centre-back that everybody was raving about and that we must go out and sign. Who was he? And I, I use this reference about Mbappe. Who was he two seasons ago? Nobody knew of him. I didn't hear anybody saying last last summer go and sign Matthias Delegate, De however you pronounce his name. I didn't, did anybody say it? Did you hear anybody saying it? That everybody wanted him this year because of the season he had at Ajax. Now he came in, played first team football and became what he became and he's now at Juve. Who's to say that Van der Berg and Hoover aren't, be, aren't going to be those players? But they're not going to be first choice for us this season. We know that. They're, they're fourth choices. Now, do I find the timing of the sale of Degsy odd? Yes. Because I would have probably have liked to have got maybe an experienced player in, you know, say somebody like Clavin again, just to, you know, who could come in and do a job when needed. But if we got a, if we could, we go on about Klopp's brilliance at working with these players and he's, he's, he's really good and we, we say, oh, Pogba, for example, like you said, I'd love to see what Klopp could do with Pogba. Why can't we say the same about what we want to see Klopp do with Hoover and Van der Berg then? Why can't we think that Klopp and Pep Linders and, and the rest of the team know what they're doing and look at these players and say, yeah, we've got confidence in them. We know that, you know, we know we can allow Dejan Lovren to go. You're right. He's, there was always a mistake in him. It was always a mistake. I was, I was never comfortable with Dejan Lovren on the pitch. He was a good defender. Definitely not world-class. Definitely not one of the best defenders in the world. He was a good defender. But at the end of the day, we want to be winning the league this season. Yeah. You're not going to win the league with Dejan Lovren in the team. I, I'm going to, because I'm just keeping an eye on the, to, on the time, I, I, I appreciate your take on that. And I want to give the... 
the uh, rebuttal opportunity to to Carl because what about that idea, Carl, that Dejan Lovren is a, is a good defender, but a defender who nonetheless has, and it's an old-fashioned phrase, but it's a very valid phrase, a rick in him. And you may not, as a result then of the rick or two or three, win the league because of Dejan Lovren. Your take? I think I'd rather have an experienced centre-back than a couple of kids in the waiting if we're going to Dortmund in the last 16 of the Champions League away, I don't want to see a, I don't want to see a teenager playing in that kit. Right, simple, so, simple as that. Simple as that. I, 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 I firmly I, these kids are going to come and they're going to, I hope they're good, obviously, but that makes no sense to me whatsoever. What, what again? Just to be devil's advocate, what would you say to the type of commentary? That might have come from me, for example, if you and I were having a personal chat, which would be along the lines of, look, clearly, and Cam's just outlined it, he's good. Like, he's very strong aerially. He can get a tackle and he, he can really time a tackle when he wants to. He's not a slouch when it comes to pace. He's actually strong when he wants to be. He seems to have almost everything. And yet there are things that happen in every game. Yeah. There are things that happen in every game with Dejan Lovren. You go, fucking hell, Dejan. Every game. Every game there's at least one thing where you go, oh, for the love of fuck. And sometimes we get punished and sometimes we don't. And here's the thing uh, that I want to put to you. And I'm going to be really, really blunt about this. For me, there are a couple of players left at the club one of them was Dejan Lovren. One of them was Simon Mignolet. One of them was Jordan Henderson. But he's lifted big ears over his head. And the other one was Adam Lallana. But I think he's kind of a ineffective, sort of amorphous, nebulous presence. So I'm glad that Mignolet's gone. Not because he's not a bad lad. or Not because not he's a bad lad. Because he's a really good lad. We know that. He's been a brilliant fellow in the dressing room. He's been a really admirable pro. I think Degsy's the same. But they have that whiff of loser about them. And I don't care how horrible that sounds, but I'm going to put it to you. Is it any loss? Is it any loss if we lose him? Really, it's experience. But experience of what, Carl? Experience of what? Playing in a World Cup final? Yeah, but he lost it. He lost oh, yeah. it. Oh, come on. You can't, you can't blame the World Cup for defeat to, to who were clearly the best team in the tournament on, on Dejan Lovren. I'm not blaming, I'm not blaming didn't, on him. I'm, he's he's lost a lot of finals. But I, I'm objectively so saying... It, 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 we have, especially under Jurgen Klopp. But it's... Can I go back to what you said? Dejan's been part of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You talk about... You talk about having players having a rick in them. Joe Gomez, anyone? Joe, Joel Matip? It happens. It's the position they play. Yeah, it happens with Joel Go- Joe Gomez. It happens with Joel Matip, but it happens all the time with Degsy. But I don't that's, think it does. I don't think it does. I think that's the narrative that says that. Okay. I can kiss my eyes that says that. Well, you know what? I love that we can finish the show on a complete and utter note of discord. <laughs> That's magic. That is absolutely magic. So I'm talking of discord. Everyone get in the, in the discord group. Hey! Oh, see what I did there? See what I did there? 
seamless. In this show, which is going to be called Seal Team Copac, I <laughs> enjoyed the chat, which was multifarious and football related. I'd like to apologize for a non football related podcast recently, but we enjoyed the fuck out of them. So, you know, kind of up your bums in a way. Anyway, that is it for this episode of the Anfield Index. Uh, it's normal for me to allow the chance the lads to have a, a chance to talk about their last few so I suppose I better keep with convention even though we're running over time here Carl Kopak, what's your last thought? Uh, it's a recommendation it's Kopak Recommends again um, and I would like, like to recommend an entire city Stoke is based in the Staffordshire no no um, <laughs> I, went, I, I always feel about Stoke always I went to um, Berlin this week uh, last week, sorry. I've never been before, and I've never really had any interest in Berlin history, but uh, like you, Trevor, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big history man. And I swear to God, it was just incredible what's happened to that city. And it's so much so that I didn't even realise I was in the East Berlin quarter until the last day. And and I went to um, uh, to see Bowie's house. I broke into the Hansa Studios as well. I went in uninvited, got the lift to the fourth floor, and um, and saw the recording studio where he recorded Low and Heroes, and also the Idiot and Lost for Life with with Iggy, and um, and it's an incredibly cheap place to to visit and go. It's just incredible. Loved it. I can't wait for another pod where we have more time to talk about that type of thing. But take on board what Carl said. He's not a man who minces about, and he's a bit of a culture vulture. So. Uh, that's good advice right there. Cam, your last words. A uh, couple of things. Um, Trev, uh, obviously you've just come back from Italy. I have. Which accent did you put on? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking knobhead. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, and next week I will I will road test it. I actually used my Italian, which I learned in the three months <laughs> leading up to it. I learned... Italian. Oh, uh, Paleo Italiano. For example. Oh, buongiorno, signor. Fuck's sake. Ah, oh, molto bene, molto bene. Just, honestly, Cam, just go on with your quote there. Fuck's sake. Un kilo e mezzo a pomodori, non troppo maturi. I've just bought a kilo and a half of tomatoes, but not too ripe. <laughs> yeah. Didn't know, really. <laughs> I, I, I really did. Uh, uh, okay, okay. What, what okay. do I do with these tomatoes? All right, all right, right Cap. I've got, I've got a question for you. Go. Uh, posso avere una cavatappi? Sì. <laughs> it's the correct answer. <laughs> the first listener who contacts me with the English version of that will get a book from my library. I don't know what's going what on. I'll tell you what it is. What? Are you wearing your underpants on your head? Oh, he's fucking done it. Fuck off. Anyway, Brangie. <laughs> yes. Brangie, let's go. Come on, let's go. Right, my finishing quote. You don't need money to be creative. The ghetto builds champions every day. <sighs> the ghetto builds champions every day. And on that note... A very strange note. We will finish this episode of Anfield Index Podcast with me thanking you, our lovely listeners, for your support and imploring you 
to lend us the support of your recommendations in whatever form that takes. Just, you know, use your social media. Just tell a friend. Just do something. Spread the word for the love of Christ. This is a good show. You're going to enjoy it all season. We will be here with you every week. That is our uh, commitment to you over the course of next season. It will be free and we will do our best to entertain you. That's me and Carl and Cam and Guy in the background. I've been Trev Downing. Until we speak to you again, be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Podcast Network.